Hey, this is Chad Brown. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Welcome in, everybody. Thursday morning, a gray Thursday morning. This is not the dog days of training camp weather that we normally think of. These guys will get a nice break today from the heat. Uh, the field will probably be a little slick from the rains last night. Uh, how you doing, partner? I'm good, man. I think this cloud cover is welcomed for everybody. It was getting a little hot. I think everybody's been getting hot these last couple of weeks, especially those fans up on the hill, man. The I know we're going to talk about that. Why, why are there not more people here? But it's been so darn hot sitting on that hill right in the direct sun. Maybe that contributes. So it's going to be cooler tonight, today. That'll be good for the fans, good for the players. Yeah, I think if you were on the fence about a day to come out, uh, maybe today's the day to do it where you don't have to uh, suffer in the sun the entire time you're sitting on that hill. Uh, we were uh, greeted with a, uh, a great first day. Yes, would, yes. You, would you say great? I would say great. And, you know, as, as cliche as that is, and as, as much as I was making fun of everything being great yesterday, <laughs> uh, yesterday for a first day of practice, it was great. It was competitive. Yeah. There was passion. There was energy. There was trash talking. There was pace to practice. There was organization from a coach's practice construction perspective. Uh, I've got very little things to say wrong about yesterday's practice, it was about as good as you could possibly want, I think. Yeah, I think the big question for us, we know Russell Wilson. He comes to work. He's been doing this for a long time. Uh, The big question for me was Nathaniel Hackett and the coaching staff. How are they going to construct practice? Is he going to have a hold on things? Uh, Is it going to be well run? Is it going to be organized? Are they going to be yelling a lot? You know, what's the feel like in a uh, a Nathaniel Hackett system? And to me, it, it looked like this guy has been coaching for 20 years. I mean, it was crisp, it was sharp, it was efficient, uh, it went by fast, and, and, that, and that's not just because they didn't do a lot of plays, they were in and out of the huddle with pace, we talked about that yesterday, and that's the type of stuff that pays dividends on game day. You have to be able to come out in and out of the huddle on game day, pick up the pace on game day. We saw uh, an anemic offense here the last couple of years who never did that, who always let the play clock tick down, three, two, one, and they're snapping it with one second left. That didn't happen yesterday, and that's clearly a credit to the preparation of this team and their readiness to come out here and play. Uh, you and I uh, did a number of Bronco practices last year. You're out in Minnesota yeah. with the team. And the contrast between the pace of practice, the organization of practice, the energy of practice for – I know we're only one practice in, so you, know, you don't want to write the script just yet. We're one practice in, and the stark contrast and difference between a Nathaniel Hackett run practice and a Vic Fangio run practice was clear for anyone to see. Yeah, it's the energy, and we've been hearing that since he got in the building, right? What's different about it? Oh, it's just the energy. I know it's just cliche, but it's just the energy. Well, that transferred out there onto the field. Obviously, the coaching staff that he has hand-selected uh, kind of echo his philosophy and, and have kind of adapted his energy, and the players also are buying in. You know, Justin Simmons out there balling all day yesterday. Um the defense looked really, really good. We've been talking about this a bit, Chad. I know the focus has been on the offseason acquisition of Russell Wilson and what he's going to do to take this offense to the next level. It's all about them scoring 25 to 28 points a game and keeping up with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, those guys. But to me, the defense is the strength of this team clearly on day one. 
part of that is just the way training camp is structured. Defense doesn't have as much to learn. They can kind of pin their ears back and come after you, whereas the offense is incrementally introducing these new philosophies. And on day one, it's the most basic, bare-bones part of the offense. It's the skeleton. It's the easy stuff for every defense to sniff out. You're not doing double moves. You're not doing a whole lot of tricky stuff. You're not, uh, you know, trying to get them to fall for something. You're not taking advantage of what they understand your tendencies are. It's just all fresh. It's new. And you know that the offense is trying to learn it. Jerry Judy walking out on the field yesterday with his script in his hand, (laughs) right? Uh, He was one of the first guys out here, but he's looking at the plays, trying to learn the plays, trying to learn the plays. That's where the offense is at right now. And you don't realize the extent to which the mental game is a part of what they're doing right now. Film study, new installation, walkthroughs, meetings after meetings after meetings. They were out only out on the field for, what, an hour and a half yesterday. They're probably in this building for 10 hours, right? So all this other stuff that they got to do is very mentally taxing. It requires a lot of their, uh, of their brains. And so we're going to see as these days goes on, these days go on, Who's making the mental mistakes? Who's able to kind of shore things up and be consistent? Yeah, I, when we, as the show goes along, I want to circle back on this difference in uh, pace and energy, in some ways culture, from Nathaniel Hackett to, to Vic Fangio. Uh, but to piggyback on what you were just talking about there, uh, yeah, the, the defense was a bit further ahead yesterday, as we all expect here in week one. It's just easier in the beginning of training camp to play defense you have already installed the basics. Your basics are going to be better than the offense's basics because your offense needs things like double moves and things like that to throw you off. That's not really a part of day one, although we did see some red zone work, not normally a part of day one. Nathaniel Hackett has uh, opened up the offseason and now training camp with red zone work. That is typically something that happens later on in training camp. Uh, it's an emphasis on scoring which is offense definitely needs to score more points. Went down inside the 20, went down inside the red zone. How do we ensure that we walk away with six points every time? Uh, you work at it. You know, it, it's funny how that works out. If you practice at something, you tend to be good at it. Nathaniel Hackett has clearly marked the red zone production as an emphasis for the football team. Yeah, I really like that. And whether it's, that's just his philosophy or his evaluation of this team over the last couple of years, I, I'm sure he came in and watched all the film and saw how much this team struggled in the red zone. Um, They had a hard time offensively getting in the end zone, especially through the air last year, whereas the defense last year was really good in the the red zone. So so why is that? And and were you practicing it enough? Probably not. And so you do have to practice the things that you want to get good at. You do have to practice the scramble drill type of, you know, schoolyard ball aspect of football because that's what Russell Wilson does. Um, Every other play he's going to be, you know, making things happen outside of how you drew it up in the classroom. So how do you develop those instincts? How do you create those connections? Well, you, you dial them up at practice in a way. And so, yeah, I, li- I like going attacking the red zone right off the bat. You also get to see which of your receivers have those hands down in the red zone and who are your reliable targets down there. Russell needs, still needs to find those guys. They're going to emerge over here in, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, will it be Corlin Sutton? Will it be Tim Patrick? Will it be Albert O? Will it be Jerry Judy? Who's going to be the red zone guy that Russell Wilson steps to the line of scrimmage and thinks, I know what the play call here is, but here's the guy I want to throw it to because I know he's going to get it for me. Who's that guy? This is the time for that to emerge. Uh, your boy Eric Salbert got a touchdown he did. yesterday. And so he did. when you are a blocking tight end and you block, block, block all game long, sometimes the defenders, the safeties, and linebackers kind of lose track of you. Uh, he was able to slip out and get into the red zone, uh, end zone yesterday for that touchdown. So uh, – I. 
I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to draw too much uh, from day one, but it was interesting on day one that the blocking tight end made a red zone touchdown uh, because that's just the kind of uh, wrinkle in your playbook that will keep defenses honest. Absolutely. I mean, down there, in the, down there in the red zone, down there in the goal line area, you know, play action pass is huge. And if you have a tight end who you know is a good blocker, you expect him to block down there. And then all of a sudden he, he, he takes a couple steps and slips out and he's open. He's wide open. You didn't account for him. Uh, Eric Sauber is, uh, I think, one of those glue players on the team that, you know, is a Swiss Army knife of sorts. He can do everything. He does a lot of special teams. He can, he can catch the ball. He, didn't, he wasn't asked to do that a lot last year, but when he was, he actually looked pretty darn good. Even in preseason as well, he got loose a couple times. It was like, all right, okay, Eric, we didn't think you could do that, but you can. He's proven that his skill set is pretty wide. I think he's going to be a valuable asset to this team. And if you start to create that bond with your quarterback right now, he's going to want you in there. You know, mm-hmm. he's going he's to lobby for you to be in there. And so it might not be albert o and greg dulcich it might be eric salbert and albert o as those two tight ends who are going to get the most run eric tomlinson we'll see what he could do if he can execute all the things they want him to be able to do i think a guy who just blocks i mean is fairly limited in in his potential out there in this system you got to be able to block of course but you got to be able to catch the ball too uh russell wilson thinks this roster is uh championship ready all right now right now so we come back we'll hear from russ that's right live from uc health training center elite sportsbook presents training camp 2022 ready to ride here's chad and nate we're so far along and uh we're going to be really prepared and that's 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 a tremendous attribute and just uh acknowledgement really to our leadership of guys you know um you know justin simmons um you know k-jack you know so many other guys uh, and then even for the new guys coming, uh, DJ Jones and just him coming in up front, what he means to us, you know. And then obviously our receiving core and what those guys have been putting in, um, you know, obviously with Courtney and Tim and, and Jerry and those guys leading the way. Uh, I think also, too, you saw, you know, Javante, you saw Melvin Gordon run the rock today, how how intense they are and how they practice at a championship level. We got a championship caliber football team, and we're excited about that. And so I think the exciting part about it is is that, um, you know, now it's time just to go show up and prove it and go do it. That was Russell Wilson talking about this uh, championship-level, I suppose, leadership that he's seen uh, out here on day one because of the work that the guys have put in. Uh, there's certainly one path to a championship that I'm aware of, and that is a lot, a lot of hard work to make it all happen. When you have the kind of offseason these guys have had where there's been optimism and a brand-new, fresh outlook, you marry that with uh, the work ethic of a guy like Russell Wilson, that rising tide that lifts all boats and flies people out to San Diego to Camp Russ out there. Uh, I think you get what we saw yesterday was a clean first day where uh, people knew what to do. There was a level of excitement and optimism and energy that we haven't seen in years past. And, yeah, it feels, it has that feel of a championship-level team. Obviously, the proof will be in the pudding. We need to sit on the improving grounds during games. Um, but that was a championship-level practice yesterday from an energy, passion, execution standpoint. Yeah, I don't, it's hard for me to say it was a championship-level practice. I, I, I have not been on a championship team. I've been, been on a team that got close. Um, but it was day one. It was day one, no pads, an hour-long practice. Yes, it was high energy. Yes, guys were chirping. But I don't even remember ever being at a football practice where we weren't chirping at each other. So are we prisoners of the moment right now and comparing it to Vic Fangio's uh, kind of, you know, very anemic, very sluggish, very 
kind of sad and boring process where everything was not enthusiastic, where everything was low energy, where he stepped to the podium and had nothing to say, where he, you know, orchestrated this kind of 50-50 quarterback battle that split the team down the middle and had the teammates, you know, had to ask questions, answer questions about who the quarterback should be. God, that was a big, big buzzkill, <laughs> right? And so that was so unusual and so different from what we're used to that, that look, I, I was very impressed with yesterday as you were, um, but I think we should pump the brakes on calling it a championship practice. I think that uh, it was day one. There were no pads. These guys are excited to be out there. They're excited for the fresh start. What's up, guys? Um, some some uh, some camera guys that we know from back in the day, walking past. A lot of cool media people here, but um, no, I think um, the real the real test is going to be when the pads come on and you get tired, you start getting sore, you're getting guys nicked up. Um, the the novelty of the new regime starts to wear off a little bit. Right now, everything is new and exciting, but um, I was impressed with the crispness, the pace. And really the readiness of everybody, especially offensively, just knowing where they're supposed to be lined up. Uh, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand my ground on, on this one. So you're saying it's Super Bowl or bust after uh, no, yesterday? No, no. This not, is a Super Bowl team. Let's not put words in my mouth. You let's said not, it's a championship team. It was a championship level practice okay. is what I said. I was echoing Russell Wilson's sentiments. Uh, so you don't hate Russell Wilson? Uh, no, I don't hate Russell Wilson. I spent a whole segment yesterday saying how lucky we were to have him. Dude comes out the locker room, runs and greets the fans. He brings up the energy level on this entire field. Suddenly thousands of people are excited. That's a, a great guy to, to have. So there's no Russell Wilson hate in my heart. In the words of uh, Dave Chappelle, you got hate in your heart, let it out. And yeah. I don't have any. Okay. So there we go. But you I don't do. hate anybody or anything? Uh, I'm not a hater. By... What about animal abusers? Oh, uh, okay. You're going to raise my ire there. There we go. There we go. I am hating your heart. Let it out. But to Russell Wilson's point, uh, and I'm going to stand on this one, uh, I did my four coaching, coaching internships. The Jets uh, and the Titans. Jets weren't very good at all. The Titans were trying to figure out how to be good. They did not have these that kind of practice that we saw yesterday from an energy, from an organization, from an execution standpoint. Do you think that was Russ, or do you think that was Hackett? Russ, Russ can maybe raise the energy level of practice, um, but the organization of practice, Russ is not walking upstairs and saying, hey, we need to do this uh, first and do this second, and then we need to slide in red zone here in period three. That's hacking in his coaches. So Russell certainly deserves a ton of credit. Uh, but in the midst of yesterday's uh, excellent championship-level practice, I'll call it, uh, you know, Nathaniel Hackett and his staff and all their off-season work, that was a reflection of that. Russ brought the energy level, no doubt. Um, but Hackett and the culture that he has built uh, brought the organization, the energy, the passion, and all that, too. So uh, tip of the cap to both of those guys. And I'll be willing to say, yes, the Jets and the Titans didn't practice like that, but the Seahawks with Russell Wilson the year after they lost the Super Bowl, and with the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan, they practice like that. And those are teams that we think of as championship-level teams. Of course, not the Seahawks currently without Russell Wilson, but they have a championship-level pedigree in both those organizations. Both those coaches know what that's like, and that was the kind of practice I saw out here yesterday. Yeah, I think the Russell Wilson effect is, is interesting to kind of dissect because it's not just about what he does with the offense. It's about what he does to the team. It's about how he motivates the defense to prove that they're just as good as the offense. And actually, day in and day out, they can be better than the offense being led by this Hall of Famer, this guy who's gotten all the attention this offseason. you got to remember, this is a locker room full of alpha males who all believe that they are 
the baddest man on earth, right? Mm -hmm. They step out onto this field, every single player in the NFL prepared to go dominate the guy in front of them. This defense is no different. These, this defense is one of the highest paid defenses in the league. I think last year it was the highest paid defense in the league. Not as much money on the books for them this year, but at the same time, a lot of expectations around this defense that are kind of getting swept under the rug with the arrival of Russell Wilson. So their ego has to take a little bit of a hit watching Russell Wilson and this offense get all the attention. Well, let's go out there and prove that we belong. We deserve some of the attention. We deserve some of the accolades. Let's go out there and have a practice. And so that energy level gets risen to meet the challenge of playing against Russell Wilson every day. So um, I think that that Russell Wilson energetic effect, the hype effect, can help the defense as well. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett just tip of the cap to the way he ran that thing. Obviously, this guy knows what he's doing. We talked in the offseason about, is it too much rah-rah? Is everything Come too Come on, guys. Let's get it great. together, guys. Yeah. And, but have you noticed his voice change? Yep. Did you notice bass, his voice change bass yesterday? Bass his voice, yes. And a little more, af- a little more conviction yeah. in the way he talked about what he's got to do and his ability to put his foot down and establish a line and set a precedent. He's, he's, he's been doing the relationship building these last four months, and now it's time to do the real coaching where you can draw lines, where you can tell the guys who you've been building relationships with for the last four months, that ain't good enough, okay? I know you're better than that. That's what a great coach does, tells you, Chad, you're better than that. You can do more. That was a really good play, Chad, but I think you can even do better. So that's what um, I'm excited to see unfold is to see how much he can get out of these guys who we've seen languish in the system over the last couple years. Jerry Judy, uh, Cortland Sutton had 11 games last year with three catches or fewer. He's the number one receiver on this team. 11 games with three catches or fewer. Why did that happen? He wasn't enacted. He wasn't empowered in this offense. He's going to be an empowered in this offense. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Russell Wilson expanded upon this uh, championship-level thoughts uh, yesterday as well. I think the work just from the day the day one I got here, really, we've been spending so much time here. When I was here in Denver, we you know got extra time just to ourselves. You know, we would get together, spend extra time, go through plays, whatever. Guys, get, like I said, guys get here early. The dedication is, is where it really, where it's really at. And then you go into the off season, guys get to get away a little bit and then come back and then just spend that quality time again for that another week or two weeks, three weeks, you know, just spending time really zoning in and focusing on the details. Um, so it, we're, we're so far along and, uh, the relationships and the bonding is, is so strong as well. So far along. Yet so far behind. Yes. <laughs> okay. Right. When, you, when you're when you're thinking about your competition, mm-hmm. the Chiefs are light years ahead of you as far as the installation of their offense, the connection with Patrick Mahomes and his receivers, um, even Justin Herbert, who's you know only what in his third year in the league, right? He he, he has a connection with Keenan Allen and Michael and Mike Thomas and those guys that you don't, or Mike Williams, um, but. Um, and Derek Carr, I mean, he's reunited with his college wide receiver. That connection never goes away. If I go out on the beach and play catch with my college quarterback, we're still going to have that connection because that stuff is forever. And then you got Darren Waller, you got Hunter Renfro. So these, so these Broncos are still behind. They have come a long way. You're absolutely right. There's nothing that Russell Wilson could do about the fact that he just arrived here. He's doing everything he can, bringing those guys out to San Diego, putting in the extra work. I think the fact they're staying in the hotel together is huge. Um, Little stuff like that, but it's going to take time. And uh, how much time? That's that's the question. Is it going to take just training camp, and they're going to hit the ground running week one? Is it going to take four or five games to hit their stride like like 
the Peyton Manning-led Broncos did when he first got here? Or is it going to take a whole season? And we're going to have to accept that this season is not going to be perfect. And maybe they're not really going to hit their stride until 2023, 2024. I know Broncos fans don't want to hear that. But this is football. And 32 teams are working just as hard as one another trying to make this happen. It's not just the Broncos. It's not just Russell who's putting in the work. Everybody's trying to do it. Everyone in the AFC West understands what the Broncos now have, and they're fixing to try to come beat them. Uh, looks like a portion of the team is coming out of the weight room. Looks like they got a morning weightlifting session in here before practice. Our, our analysis of Training Camp 2020, uh, Ready to Ride, is presented by Elite Sportsbook. Uh, when we come back, uh, our friends on the drive uh, took a little issue with uh, the amount of people up there on the hill. Uh, we will talk about that next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, Ready to Ride. Here's Chad and Nate. I'm playing just to play. Do the beat. Yeah. on our song is synced up with the beat here at uh, UC Health. Whoever's the DJ here must be kind of playing for our show. Now, do do we know, is there an actual DJ here or is there just somebody on a, on a computer? Probably just a playlist that they set up. Okay. Yeah, because um, actually, I don't know if you caught the very end of Nathaniel Hackett's presser yesterday, but he talked about when he was a, it was, it was a question about hazing and about rookie rituals and stuff like that. And he said when he was a ball boy in Kansas City, he had to go sing. And he sang Warren G's Regulate. Nice. But if you listen to the playlist out here, they're going to play Warren G's Regulate at some point. Nice. So I think Nathaniel Hackett, that's a song that's near and dear to his heart, reminds him of camp. It's part of the playlist. And uh, shoot, I like that song too. Okay. Uh, in Seattle, you know, they've got a live DJ. Uh, yeah, who's who's on the ones and twos? He's got his own. Is he like dancing stuff? He, no, oh. Yes, he, he is. Should I do it? Should he, I press it? Up. <laughs> he's got the beat drop and the whole thing. Uh, when there's uh, a, a crowd there, he's playing to the crowd. But for the most part, they didn't have you know uh, practice. Uh, uh, public practices. Yes. Yeah. So they were, you know, he was playing to the team. Yeah. So uh, certain guys had uh, walkout music, so when they would come out of the locker room, he would put their walkout music on. Pete Carroll had his walkout music. Which was, was what? Uh, Pete Carroll was uh, James Brown. Uh, get up on that, get up on that thing. Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was, wow. uh, it was fun. It was a DJ who was actually, you know, taking the, the mood of practice into account and putting on, you know, the right cut for each little section of practice. It was pretty sweet. Interesting. Yeah. Um, our friends on the drive, uh, D-Mac and Tyler, uh, I won't say they were hating on Bronco fans, uh, but uh, they, they were pointing out uh, pointedly the uh, the fact that the Hill was not full yesterday. Right. Uh, hey, man, it's a Wednesday. People got jobs. You know what I'm saying? People got stuff they got to do. Did they uh, not have jobs five, six years ago? Did they not have jobs 10 years ago? Did they not have jobs 15 years ago, Chad? Well, uh, well uh, let me finish my thoughts. Sorry. And uh, the fact that the Broncos haven't been in the playoffs in six years uh, right. has dampened enthusiasm a bit. And I think that even with all the optimism about this year's squad and Russell Wilson and all that, there is still a percentage of the fan base who's like, Show me what you got in the games. Exactly. I'm not buying the hype. I need to see it on the field in action. I agree with you. I mean, why the low attendance? How about prove it? Right. You know what I'm saying? You say it's a new era? Prove it. The game is the proof, not practice. So to me, people come to watch you practice when you kick ass in the games, and they're like, oh, I want to see how they do that. I want to see how they prepare to do that thing that we love to watch. Right now, what they've been watching 
from Broncos, uh, from the Broncos, is not something that they want to want come see how the sausage was made. It just didn't entice them to come out here. I think that look, you you, you want them to come out here and fill this this uh, grassy knoll up there. You got to win some games. I think they understand that. And also, look, I think maybe maybe people are a little bit skeptical of the Russell Wilson experience and if it will bear fruit. This is unusual. Whatever you want to say, it's the new NFL, it's how it goes, this is what quarterbacks are like. This is unusual. And I think people, traditional Broncos fans who are used to seeing football done a certain way, who are seeing their quarterbacks behave a certain way to them, to some of them, this is probably like, um, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure because the football I know is about going to work, keeping your head down, not publicizing your process, and balling out in the games. Publicizing the process and making the process the product is a new thing. It's a new thing, and to me, it can go both ways. It can build up the hype to the point where the expectations are so high that you have to live up to them, like you have no choice but to do that, and I think that's what Russell Wilson does. Or it can go the other way. It can cause a monumental letdown if it doesn't end up bearing fruit. And so I think that, um, you know, maybe some fans are skeptical of how this is going to turn out. Okay, so along that line of thinking, uh, we talked yesterday about Aaron Rodgers showing up to Green Bay camp as Nicolas Cage and Conair, literally in costume. Right. Uh, which, which was, you know, I got a, I got a chuckle out, out of it. The resemblance was enough where I instantly recognized who uh, Aaron Rodgers was trying to be, and I got a good giggle out of it. And, and uh, Nicolas Cage's character in Conair is a pretty funny character. It's not quite the world's most popular movie, uh, but I've seen it a few times, so I know there's some good laughs in there. But the Russell Wilson image of him showing up to camp with his massive truck in the background wearing his own jersey <laughs> uh, that is available well, about chad you're wearing a chad brown jersey right now no i'm not yes you are i have and this is my question to you yeah um, i have never worn a chad brown jersey recreationally i've worn it <laughs> on a football field and i've worn it to a media appearance or to a charity appearance. I've done something like that, but I've never rocked my jersey as this is what I'm putting on for the day. This is how I'm going to show up somewhere. Have you ever worn your jersey someplace? No. No, and this is part of the, the unusual thing about him. It's it's the promotion of the brand. This is about his brand. You remember, I don't know if you remember, but after practice, he was out here with, with his family on the field doing photos and like TikTok stuff and then posting it to social media. It's it's a simultaneous, like it's simultaneously the Denver Broncos and the Russell Wilson brand. So how is that going to work? Because clearly they're both of equal importance to him. But obviously the winning on the football field makes his his personal brand more effective and bigger and more profitable and and more popular. So obviously he, have, he has a vested interest in making sure this football team is as good as it's going to be, that it's winning football games, because if, he, if, if, if they lose football games, his brand takes a huge hit, and it looks like a joke. You have to win football games for this to make sense, and we're not going to know if that's going to happen for you know another couple of months. That said, look at his track record. He's the fastest quarterback ever to 100 wins. He's got nine Pro Bowl, eight or nine Pro Bowls in ten years. Obviously, went to two Super Bowls and won one. His experience and his track record is is undeniable. But this is a new thing that he's trying to do here, and this is part of it. George Payton was asked about it. Nathaniel Hackett, they were asked about it, and they said, "Look, the more the merrier. We love his team." As long as we can get an edge, whatever it takes to win games, if it helps us win, then we're all for it. 
So to what extent does the, stuff, does the extra stuff help you win? That's something that we got to figure out. But uh, we're not going to know it until the season begins and we see some actual games. Now, there is a uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra store in the Park Meadows Mall. I'm not sure what it's called. I don't think it's called Russell Wilson and Sierra. But uh, there is a store at the Park Meadows Mall where I believe that jersey that he was wearing for that, hey, I'm showing up to training camp photo, is available for sale. So uh, he is. Are the photos available for sale? Uh, maybe so. Wow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny it. I, I had a, ch- a chance to talk to a couple of the uh, Bronco folks here yesterday. Uh, Russell does has a photographer and a videographer here uh, who are responsible for taking images of him. Uh, for his purposes. So yeah. there is that aspect that is constantly going to be out there. Um, but if you love what this guy brings on the field, uh, I suppose you tolerate what comes off of it. Uh, it's not my football experience. As I said, I've never worn my jersey wrecking relationally. Uh, you said the same thing as well. Uh, but just because it ain't us, don't mean it ain't right. Someone's on the text line saying he wore his jersey to football practice. Why is this so weird to everyone? Uh, because football players don't wear their football jerseys recreationally. It's a brand new thing. So it's not necessarily weird. It's just that it's brand new. Uh, you know, there's I, I, I can't think of any time that I've ever seen any of my teammates outside of a charity appearance, outside of uh, some kind of football-based thing where they're wearing their own jersey. There was that whole jersey fad where people wore throwback jerseys. You know, uh, Joe Namath's high school jersey, uh, uh, the Fridges college jersey. Yeah, you know, kind of finding some fun, iconic jerseys from the past. But people don't wear their own jerseys. I know for a sports fan who wears jerseys, that may seem a little odd. Hey, I put a jersey on. It's no big deal. Typically, players, and I can't even say typically, an overwhelming majority of the time, 99% of the time, players do not wear their own jerseys as part of their gear for the day. Right, and and I want to stress to people too that the, the Russell Wilson experience, the publicity, the, the the social media, the content that he puts out, the team that he has around him. When when these players get done with practice and they go in that locker room, it's the guys, right? And Russell Wilson is just one person. There's 89 other guys in there. They're all they all have their own journey. They're all they all have their own goals. And the quarterback typically is not the loudest guy in the locker room. He's not the leader in the locker room. Everyone's not looking at Russell Wilson to see what he's doing in the locker room. These guys are friends. There's a community in there. There's a brotherhood. It should be a family. So the the thing we see with Russell Wilson out here, the way he's promoting his brand, ideally is not how he behaves in there with those guys. I think those guys understand what he's doing. He's a businessman, and his he is a celebrity along with his wife out here. In there, though, that's what matters. How do you treat the fellas in there? Are you one of the guys? Are you able to blend in? Are you able to become part of that family? And you see eye to eye with everyone in there. I think that's what's most important. And, uh, again, we're not going to see whether or not this is true until the games begin. Uh, this West Coast offense that the Broncos are going to run this year, the outside zone-based running attack, is really going to be about this offensive line. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to dive into that next. Live from UC Health Training Center, Elite Sportsbook presents Training Camp 2022, ready to ride. Here's Chad and Nate. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, um, you know, our, our game is so expanded in what we were able to do out here, and I think um, you know we have those core principles and everything else. But yet we're also um, able to do pretty much anything, especially with our our, our line up front, how those guys look up front. That, that solidifies everything, and then you have the running backs and tight ends and receivers to do it. Um, those guys make make me look halfway decent. 
Halfway decent. Halfway decent. Halfway decent. Uh, a little sarcasm little, from uh, 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 Russell there. Is that uh, false humility there? Uh, no, I think <laughs> I won't. I won't ride Russ anymore. I talked about the jersey. I'm done. You hate Russ? Ah, oh, no, I don't hate Russ. I love what he brings on the football field. It's just unusual to see some of these things that I'm not used to seeing. That is all I'm saying there. Uh, this West Coast offense, this offense with those guys that Russ just talked about, who make him look quote unquote halfway decent. Yeah. Um, those guys at success will be predicated on the offensive line play and how well this offensive line can come together. Uh, at this point, we don't know who the right tackle is going to be. Uh, there's certainly going to be some competition inside at uh, maybe those guards and center spots. Um, and then now we have to add to that, hey, you're asked to do a whole new scheme. So not only we are we a bit unsure about the actual personnel, but that moving uh, targets with personnel trying to figure out who these guys are going to be does have to figure out a brand new scheme that requires a extremely high level of teamwork. And the reason why those back-to-back Super Bowl championship uh, Bronco teams were so good and so difficult to defend was because of that offensive line group. Did having Rod Smith and Ed McCaffrey and Shannon Sharp hurt? No, of course it didn't. Those guys were great. But without those guys up front, without the ability of those guys to work together, it would have been far easier to defend that offense. So uh, for this version of the Denver Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett's offense and Russell Wilson's hopeful success, uh, this offensive line group, they need to figure out fairly quickly who those guys are, uh, but also figure out who is going to be best for this new scheme and how to get them all to gel together quickly. Yeah, and yesterday you saw uh, your starters take the field. It was Garrett. Bowles, it was Dalton Reisner, it was Lloyd Cushenberry, it was Quinn Miners, and it was Calvin Anderson. Yeah. That was the exact same starting lineup as last year. Right? So so some familiarity there. Those guys um, are gelling as a unit. Now they're learning a new system, and um, you know, they gotta get on their horse laterally a little more than they did last year. The wide zone scheme makes you run sideways right off the snap of the ball and get those defensive linemen running with you. And then the zone blocking scheme means you block whoever's in your area, not a specific guy, which is kind of what they were doing last year. So um, it takes cooperation, it takes communication, and it takes a feel for each other that you only get through practicing, and you only get through practicing with pads and a helmet on. So the running plays yesterday, you go, oh, that was stuff for no gain, or oh, that was a six-yard gain. Kind of hard to see because the guy, the offensive linemen aren't going all, all out against the defensive linemen, and the defensive linemen know that. And so... It's really about fits and being in the right spot right now. But I think seeing the belly Quinn Miners out there is a good sign because they did draft him in the third round, a Division three player who raised some eyebrows in the Senior Bowl but was really not on anybody's radar until he started doing videos in the in the forest, you know, pull, <laughs> pulling trees out of the ground and, and, throwing, uh, <laughs> and throwing rocks uh, over rivers and stuff. Like the Predator. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the split. Um, no, but that's uh, that was not the predator line. That was uh, running man. If any of you out there on the text line can uh, can name some of the running man's uh, villains, because there was like three or four of them. Buzzsaw was that one who had the split because he cut him in half. Ah, gotcha. He had the split. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, Quinn Miners would be an excellent uh, running man villain. The guy is huge. He can move. Apparently, he has very good hips. I was talking to Chris Cooper last year. Chris Cooper was Mike Munchak's assistant. He's moved on. But Chris Cooper told me about Quinn Miners' raw athleticism. Now, being a D3 player, the competition you play against the technique is just not there for me. I was a D3 player. So when I made the jump from D3 
to the NFL, it wasn't just the speed. People talk about, oh, how was the speed? Were they so fast? Yeah, they were fast, but it was the technique of the players um, that really startled me. They didn't fall for your moves. They were always in the right spot. And uh, so that's what Quinn Miners has had to learn, and he was thrown into the fire last year. So I think starting off on, a, on the first unit's a good sign. Um, and Calvin Anderson. Tom Compton's hurt right now, so is Billy Turner. This is an opportunity for Calvin Anderson to get reps at the beginning of camp, and those are really valuable reps. I mean, clearly at the end of this, they're not going to look back and say, oh, who, who, was a, who was the first day star? Nope. You know what I mean? But at nope. the same time, establishing that connection, establishing your durability, your availability is very, very important. And Calvin Anderson has the opportunity now to, to show what he's got. And at some point, the, the depth of your offensive line is going to be tested. It's pretty rare that you get all five guys to play all 17 games. So at some point, someone's going to have to step in. So for Calvin Anderson, this is an opportunity for him to solidify himself if he's not going to be the starter, as maybe that swing tackle who can play left side, can play right side, can step in in a moment's notice if, if someone gets nicked up. Uh, and you, you're always going to need that as a coaching staff. When you have these meetings as a coaching staff and you begin to discuss personnel, and you begin to play the what-if game. What if uh, Dalton Reisner goes down? Who do we, what do we do? Do we move Quinn Miners over to left guard and put Natane Moody at right guard? How do we handle each of these injuries across our front? And you begin to have those discussions, but those are discussions that are informed based on how guys are performing here early in the camp. And you can set a tone and a trend for yourself as a player with these early days when coaches are having those discussions upstairs. Yep, and... Um and you got a new quarterback back there, and this is a very, very different quarterback than the one you're playing with last year in almost every possible way you can think of. His experience, Russell Wilson's experience, is going to help this offensive line no matter what. Uh, Drew Locke, I mean, I don't want to bash on the guy. He didn't really see the big picture. And so when you don't see the big picture as a quarterback, it's hard for you to help your offensive linemen understand what they're doing wrong. And I think Russell Wilson, he knows his style of play. He knows he extends plays. But he's going to be able to articulate why and how uh, his offensive lineman can help him be better at that. Also staying on task, also staying on time. I know this is a critique that people have levied at Russell Wilson. He's got to hit his first read. He's got to get the ball out of his hands. He knows that. The system predicates that reality. You have to get the ball out of your hand. It's a three-step drop. It's a quick pass game. You're doing what the play call tells you to do. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to have any problem getting the ball out of his hands when the read is open right in front of him. I don't think that's a a really a fair critique there. He's not dumb. He's like I said. <laughs> well, no, I mean he's he's not dumb. He's a, he's a quarterback who's had an amazing success, right? I, it just it just it, it just it, it landed funny. That's all. I know what you're saying exactly. It's true. It just landed very funny to me. The idea that he doesn't know how to hit his first read is <laughs> preposterous. Right. Okay. Yeah. If he sees something, if he really sees something that he wants to take a shot on, you have to trust a quarterback like that to be able to do it. There's a reason he's the best long ball thrower in the game. It's because he's good at it. Right. And it's because he knows when to take those. Shots. Sometimes it's not just those ones you dial up. Sometimes you see it at the line of scrimmage, and you have to adjust what you're doing and take that shot. As a receiver, I love that. But also the communication is very important just visually. Like, as a receiver, i got to know when you're thinking that. 
You know what I mean? And so is it a hand signal? Is it just something you see that I know you see? Are we just looking at each other and we know that that's what's about to happen? You're not going to hit the first read. You're going to go to the second read. But what you don't want is a robot quarterback who does everything the coach tells him to do. Because a lot of the times the coach is wrong. Coach <laughs> needs Coaches need players who supersede their bad calls. Right. Who can get them out of crappy stuff. Right. And, and Russell Wilson is that guy. So I don't think we, we should make too much of a big deal about him not hitting the first read. This guy has refined football all instincts and we got to trust them uh you mentioned uh, drew lock a training camp report from seattle yesterday uh drew lock chose to escape out of the pocket uh, yeah. on a uh, was a, a, a five or seven step drop when he should have just stepped up so didn't learn the lessons over the last couple years uh when you make it very difficult for your offensive line if you constantly escape out the back of the pocket because they want to push guys past you. Yeah. Your job as a quarterback is to step up. So not only does he escape the pocket, then he runs out the pocket the wrong way, tries to throw across his body, a deep ball down the field, and a ball that should have been intercepted. So I know it's just one play from Seahawks training camp, but I think it illustrates what we've got here with Russell Wilson versus what we let go with Drew Locke and Drew Locke's inability to understand some of these core basic principles of quarterback play. Step up. Don't step out. Right. Uh, take what the defense gives you. Don't try to play hero ball and throw across your body down the field. It's just <laughs> it's not going to end well. So for a guy who didn't seem to learn his lessons here in Denver is going to seem to be seemingly going through that same process, process up there in Seattle. And real quick, that's a product of footwork, right? Right. Like, like Russell Wilson's footwork, uh, he can trust it enough to step up in the pocket, create himself some time in the pocket when there are bodies all around him. When you don't have that kind of impeccable footwork that he has, when you're like Drew Locke and you rely on your arm and you rely on your athleticism and you don't have the precise platform footwork, then you don't trust it, you bail out of the back of the pocket when you all you need to do is step forward, but you don't have the footwork to step forward. That's 10 years at the workbench from Russell Wilson, and it shows up every day. Uh, Caden Davis, uh, first Bronco on the field two days in a row. That's right. I think this is going to be a thing that we'll see. It's going to be a thing with Caden. Yeah, all throughout camp, so uh, it'll be an unusual day. I think we're going to see him out here first. Yeah, Caden's got to make sure that's not his only thing. <laughs> uh, DJ Jones is out here as well, so a couple of uh, Broncos on offense and defense showing up out here early. Uh, when Nate and I come back, it will be our distraction segment. Woo! Hey, this is Nate Jackson. Thanks for checking out Chad and Nate On Demand, presented by SCL Mortgage, the home of MySpecialMortgage.com.